0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 121. We are discussing the Workday Charity Open on the PGA Tour and the Austrian Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams, and podcast pundit, Barry O'Hanrahan. Good morning, gentlemen.
1: Morning, guys. morning, guys.
0: Visit the golf betting system with betting previews containing tips, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor model all available completely free of charge. No paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media. On Twitter, Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at at Golf Betting. I'll get there eventually. And I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. It Actually, uh, I released it last night and we're already getting plenty of views of the uh, Workday Charity Open Show. As I say each week, take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Now, we are getting so many reviews. I'm going to have to read out a couple this week. I know these people are rolling their eyes, but it's true. There's loads of reviews coming in. So here's the first one. Title, Credible, Enjoyable and British Accents. Five stars. I give a lot of my success on DK to the golf betting system. They helped me win $7,200 back in 2019. They are extremely knowledgeable when it comes to course layouts, players, current performances, and course history. If you want to improve your thinking strategy when it comes to betting and fantasy, then give these guys a follow. That is from Skylar Karins who is in the United States of America. Thank you for that brilliant review, Skylar. And then a second one. It's entitled, done this before, but I just have to say, five stars. Uh, Five stars again. You guys are awesome, and yes, you know who you are when I say you are listening to Michael Kane talking golf. I just wanted to check back in and say you guys give me a lot of info to win many weeks. I just go against everything you say. Just kidding. (laughs) I can't say I blame the guy. I would believe that. (laughs) Absolutely. Great content and very informative. If people are looking for one site on who to bet on, both the PGA and the European Tour, this is the podcast to listen to. Only thing I request is more Barry. He wants more of you, Barry.
2: More Barry. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
0: Keep up the good work. Love you guys. And that is from... Chock Chock Chin, who again is in the United States of America, he wants more Barry.
1: It's the accent. Maybe you could do a US tour. Yeah, <laughs> c- c- come here. I think there's a great opportunity for you, Steve, to do a uh, Michael Caine golf parody Twitter account. Yeah, yeah.
2: Michael yeah. Caine. Yeah. Yeah, if, if Michael Caine, Caine was shot,
1: a gol, yeah. If Michael Caine was only your golfer, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's there, you know, and it's just little ad libs and videos, Steve.
2: I can't believe it he's put it in the drink I <laughs> think you need to get some work done on that Steve <laughs> he's just mi- he's just, <laughs> he's, just mi- he's just missed a two-footer
1: <laughs> okay so the more the more Steve tries the worse it gets okay
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. just just go just go oh natural Steve. Yeah. thanks for the um thanks for the reviews guys keep very re- much yeah. appreciated keep yeah. the yeah.
0: reviews yeah. coming hopefully I've, they in- I've, I've, inspire the tips this week. Uh, the amount, of, uh, the amount of reviews you get clearly has a, a, a an impact on the amount of recommended um, pods that you see on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. So they're all very, very positive, the reviews. So keep them coming. Thank you. Right, let's quickly talk about last week because we have got an absolutely packed show this week with two tournaments for the first time since I can actually remember. Um, mm. Bryson DeChambeau, um, the, the one number that just jumped out at me from his performance last week when you look at the PGA Tour sheet, was driving distance he ranked first? No surprise there. Three hundred and fifty-one yard driving distance average.
2: Man's a beast, isn't he?
0: Uh, next up was That's Cameron Cameron Champ on
1: three forty-one. Are those pure, full, clean stats, like as in every drive measured, or is it back no, to the, the, two, the two measured drives that they do?
0: Yeah, the driving distance number you get on the PGA Tour is uh, just two measured drives. But then you can click onto driving distance all drives on the PGA Tour website and you can just see the true, you know, you could you can see that pretty much the players that pull drive are far more than others. Yeah. The all, the all drives number.
2: There was a stat that, Listed his drives from uh, longest to, well, not to shortest, but longest and kind of his top 20. And, you know, they're, they're all 350s, 360s, 376s, 378s. That it
1: was ridiculous. Thing. It really was. Mad,
2: wasn't it? And, you know, we've talked about it before. It's not just flagrant bombing and, you know, going to find where your ball's landed. He's hitting lots of fairways with it as well.
1: Mm-hmm. He's extre- very, very extremely, extremely straight. I mean, even when he's missing a little bit wide, I mean the 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 margin he's missing that by is a, a fraction of a degree or you know a half a degree in in face or path to make the ball be maybe twenty yards offline uh, at that distance. It's it's astonishing how straight he's hitting it. It is yeah. a little bit violent on the eyes. You kind of feel like you need a little bit of like aloe vera or something like that just to. Soothe, sued, sued them. Uh, it's not the prettiest thing to watch, but um, you gotta tip the cap to it. It's incredibly impressive and yeah. matched up with putting. Uh, it's just lethal. I mean, wait, yeah. wait till yeah. he gets the wedges in some week. He'll win by eight or something. Well, this is the
2: point, uh, Barry. I mean, you you look last week. First for driving distances, Steve just said. First for strokes gained off the tee. First for strokes gained putting. Yeah, he gets those. You're wedges. not be, you're not
0: beating that, are you? And if, no. if the you know wedges I mean? if the wedges get you know if the wedges get sweeter, it's going to be. It's not a case of how you know. It's not a case of if he wins, it's by how many. Mm-hmm. And I suppose you got to you know recency bias is always something you got to be careful of in our industry. And you've got to face facts. He won by three, but it wasn't exactly a stellar field and it wasn't exactly a tough golf course. But DeChambeau has been playing the most consistent golf of anybody. Pretty much both sides of the COVID break. Mm -hmm. He was playing well before the COVID break. Now, let's face facts. We've got the Memorial Tournament next week, which is a major championship in the depth of the field that we're going to see. 120-player field. Tiger Woods is likely to be back. It's going to be stacked. Everyone's going to be playing it. And you're going to see Bryson DeChambeau, I'd suggest, and I was going to ask you these guys, you you guys, are we going to see him at a single-digit favourite price next week?
2: I don't think so. I think, if you ever you look what he's, what's happened with his price for the majors, he's been generally locked down to circa 14-1, to 16-1, yep. that kind of number, for all the three remaining majors. And I suspect in what's likely to look quite like a major field, isn't it, next oh, week? Oh, yeah, next week, yeah. Um, I think he'll probably be in that same bracket. I think that would be the kind of number because you you can have so many players there who are going to be 11 12 16 18 20 to 1 it's but the you know, he's got to fall in that kind of area I think the question comes who would you put ahead of
1: him in the batting at the moment
0: absolutely you can you you can't put Rory ahead of him even though he's world number 1 you can't put John Rahm ahead of him the only person you might put ahead of him if he was to win this week would be JT yeah. so yeah I, for me, right now, I think he'd sit as favourite for next week.
1: Uh, it, it would raise an eyebrow for me if he wasn't the favourite next week, and uh, and he, it, rightly so until proven otherwise. I mean, he's just knocking off top tens for fun. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. yeah. I think I, I think we'll see three or four of those players in that kind of maybe twelve fourteen bracket next week. And
0: don't forget, Paul, course winner. At Muirfield Village in 2018, so I don't know. It's going to be a fascinating
1: uh, market when it's first priced up next week.
2: It will be, yeah. There's going to be some serious numbers further down as well. I was just
1: about to jump on that. I was just, do you think like we'll get some crazy good odds on, uh, you know, mid mid to long range guys?
2: I think you're going to quickly get into 50, 66 to 1 numbers mm. that are for players that you could really make a good case
0: for. Barry, you are not going to be able to resist Tony <laughs> Fienau
1: at 55 to 1 next can, week. Can you feel the smile on my face? <laughs> yeah, that Fienau <laughs> bet is just rolling in. Do you know what? Like, let's uh, while, while you <laughs> mention his name, let's jump into it. So He actually was showing again a few more signs of things coming along and then you know, put himself into a position that if he shot a nice round on Sunday, he could have sneaked into the places and mm-hmm. decided that he was going to go the other way. So maybe he had a few beers on Saturday night. Who knows? But there's signs there. The problem is, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it ended up being dead money. Um, look, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? So I, I've, I've got so close now last week. Seamus Power missing by two shots from getting the place. Uh, yep.
2: What a call that was, Barry, as well. Six hundred to one, but a man with no incoming
0: forty. On Friday, uh, sorry, Thursday, all I kept getting were tweets saying, "Oh, I bet you feel bad about Doc Redmond at forty to one." Oh, I bet you feel terrible about it, Steve. Oh, awful about Doc Redmond. And it's like, well, not really. And then you've got Seamus Power that Barry's put up at six hundred to one. Yeah, just six hundred to one. Co-leading on the Friday, I said, "Oh, Steve, I bet you're gutted about Doc Redmond at forty to one."
2: <laughs> not That's really, slightly, no. Slightly more interested in, uh, in making sure Barry's not having a heart attack over in London. Uh, Six hundred
0: to one, and the man gave you an absolute, like you said just off air, it was a couple of silly short putts missed oh, on the Sunday, and he's brutal. delivering at one hundred and twenty to one for a
1: top eight finish. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's the kind of price you very rarely even get a winner at. So, look, it was just, yeah. and it got off to a nice start as well. I got a couple of early birdies, and then, yeah. you know. Settled the nerves, yeah. Misses a three-footer, a two-footer, a six-footer, and an eight-footer, and I'm just, I, I kind of had uh, the sense of failure or doom or, or it not happening kind of came around the turn. I just, oh, it just doesn't feel right, and then, Back-to-back bogeys, and uh, and that was kind of all she wrote. So it was look, it was a brilliant sweat, and um, I'm delighted. Just like being Irish, and he's and he's Irish. I was delighted to see him up there, and you know, hopefully he goes from strength to strength. Like he's got a lot of great things in his game. The, <laughs> the couple of things he needs to you know, let's say fine tune going forward are his approach play wasn't great, and. He could probably do with having word with one of the good putters on tour to figure out what the hell to do because sometimes he's putting amazing and other times it just it's like uh, the thing's a wet snake in his hands. So, look, you know, <laughs> adding insult to injury, just before just to wrap up, like my uh, my little masochistic streak here, I had backed Kisner the previous two outings. He went out, but both missed cuts didn't get the memo somewhere that he had called his coach in and uh, i didn't back him last week and of course he goes and puts in a, a nice showing to uh, yeah. to finish in second so i think uh or third sorry I, I think i might put kisner on the woodland plan which is the auto back until he wins uh, and just keep increasing the stakes so it's basically like playing roulette backing black or red until you <laughs> you get hit it big so
2: Let's hope it doesn't take a couple of years back. That
0: was interesting with with Kisner because clearly we know he's not that favourable on Poanna and he shot 18 under for third spot. Even Webb Simpson was kind of competitive, wasn't he? He was right in there at one point. And I I keep saying, I just don't fancy Simpson on Poanna greens. And actually, if you look at Simpson's performance last week, he was 40th for strokes game putting. So that might be something again for the PGA at Harding Park. I know you don't want our pity, but 600 to 1, that was a mega call. Um, Paul, you snared Armour at 200 to 1, if I'm correct.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he led for a bit as well. Missed out on Chris Kirk, who also led for a while, yeah. and Scott Stallings also led for a while. So the three that I bought for last right. week all had a slice of the lead at one point. But yeah, got, 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 some, got some place money back with Ryan Armour, which was, was nice at the end of the day.
0: Would your odds on Armour? Would, uh, was that was that they they would have been bigger odds for on armour for that each way slither than you got would have got on dischambo to win is that correct?
2: Yeah, it depends how you placed it. I mean, I did mine quite early, so I ended up with six places and got a, a, a chop because he missed that three footer on the final hole and finishing wow. a tie for fourth. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you, you're looking at uh, single figure prices. Um, for for someone like Bryson versus a, an each way yeah. place on a two hundred to one or one fifty or whatever number you end up getting for for Ryan Armour, um, yeah, there's different ways to cut it in this game, isn't there? You, you can go for a, a win strategy, you can go for an each way strategy, and it's for me, it's always more. Um, it's all about satisfying. the strategy. Well, it oh, is, yeah. but it's always more satisfying when you get yourself a. A longer price player who's in the mix for a start, and then uh, one that obliges and uh, and gets you a nice juicy profit at the end. But you, like, you had a couple of players okay,
0: in the yeah. mix. We did okay, didn't we? Because I was yeah. going to say Hadwin at sixty sixes on the each way, and I also had Hatton at sixteens. I love Hatton, you know. He's so consistent these days. And, and if the if the long game isn't working, the putter's red hot. And if the putter's a bit off the tee to green games on it. He just seems to find ways of getting in
1: contention every time he tees it up. Now Hatton. yeah, His, his ball flight's incredible. It's so straight. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's so straight. Like that works everywhere. You know, there's, there's
2: one they showed and he, he absolutely, it was just arrow straight and there was mm. like five feet of, uh,
1: he's clearly, like, right. it's just swinging it so well. And it, if he pops up and wins again soon like zero shock whatsoever. It was a we it was were, it was a good shout Steve, really good shape. Yeah.
0: We were talking about all all length driving distance, yeah. Shall we go through the top 10 quickly? I've managed to pull it up on the PJ Tour website. Don't. 10 Will Gordon, so there. So this Will Gordon chap, he's a he's a bummer. Adam Scott at 9, Brandon Haggy at 8, and then we've got Sergio Garcia at 7, Matthew the Wolf He's worthy of note, Wolf, you know. Bent grass, greens, a golf course that you can bully. Wolf just pops up, doesn't he? It always seems to. You know, something around that eighteen, nineteen 19 under mark, bent grass, Wolf seems to pop up. So there were
2: a, a few people who put him up last week at 125s, and yeah. again, with no incoming and Absolutely nothing. Um, so, again, a great shout. If you plucked him out and you... Yeah. You know, you, you, you put him up at that kind of number, um, you'd have been sorely disappointed that he didn't convert. But uh, ultimately, it was a great shout regardless. I think I
1: think he's going to be that kind of player that can do that. He'll fall off the cliff and he'll just be worth taking a punt on because he's young and the way he works with Gankus, uh, it just seems like he can have that swing fixed and ready to go in in a few minutes almost. You know, from week to week, the you know turning it on seems very very possible and uh, plausible for him. Seems to me
0: on on an easier course that he can bully at the moment until he's delivering, you know, until he's got the game more rounded for a more kind of stiffer mid
1: score or technical test. Got to be scorable, I think, right now. Do you know what? He he showed a lot of really good bottle. You know, he didn't get off to a good start on Sunday. That's probably an understatement. You know, really rattled the cage. And. you know, he fought back so well in that yeah, back yeah. nine and just put gave himself so many opportunities. So you got to say, like, yes, the pressure's off a little bit. He gets to freewheel it. But if he can find that kind of vibe um, when he's, you know, in the lead or just one shot off the lead rather than a few shots back, he's going to be lethal. And he'll learn how. Yeah. That's all part of learning how to close. He'll get oh yeah, better. yeah, I'm and he
0: when when he was an amateur and uh, at uni he was an absolute phenom, wasn't he? Wolf, he's, he's used to winning. The other thing from net last week, Detroit Golf Club and that TPC Twin Cities where they played the three M Open last year. You think about it, Wolf won that, didn't he, with that monster putt on eighteen? The two yeah. the two that he was fighting with that week, or there was three, he was fighting with. One was Colin Morikawa, who didn't play last week. One was Bryson DeChambeau, who won last week, and the other one was Adam Hadwin, who finished in the top four last week. So there's yeah. the, the link between the Rocket Mortgage and the 3M Open seems interchangeable. Um, five is Rory McIlroy. Four is Big Bad Bubba. Three is Ryan Braim, so Braim's clearly a bomber. Two is Bryson, and number one is Cameron Champ. Yeah. That is a season-long statistic.
2: Yep, yep, I expect uh, over uh, So experience. Bryson, yeah Bryson's, Bryson's,
0: Bryson's going to overtake up. isn't he because at the start of this year he wasn't big bad Bryson that he is now um, I was just going to say as well, you know that crazy link I came up with Detroit and that tournament in Mexico Again, it, Bosque, Yeah, yeah it, it delivered again really, because yep. again Sepp Stracker got in the each way places, I mentioned him who he's done well, Mark Hubbard was always in the mix last week He was another that's got form at that Mexican golf course. And we landed with Hadwin, who'd finished third there. So that seems interchangeable as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. one to definitely keep. Oh, yeah, and
0: Wesley Bryan was right up there, wasn't he? And then he shot something silly in the final round, but he was in the top six or seven going into Sunday. Mm -hmm. Bryan had won at that golf course. So there's some good uh, good information for that Detroit um, tournament next year. Right, let's crack on. Um, We have European Tour action. Yes! The European Tour is back. And uh, I'm going to hand over to Paul, who's going to take you through the Austrian Open, our first European Tour action since March.
2: Yeah, after four long months, we are finally back in the saddle, as you say. Um, It is by far the smaller event of the two this week, so I'm going to try and wrap this up in, let's say, 10 minutes. If I start rambling on, guys...
0: Well, we're not going to say anything. You know what
2: to do. <laughs> um, so this is the start of the uh, the two-week Austrian swing and um, before we head over to uh, it's a Close House, isn't it, for the British Masters. And then we've got a UK Swing English Open, English Championship, a couple of events at Celtic Manor, and a UK Championship at the Belfry to look forward to. So some great golf to get the European Tour back up and running. But these two um, Austrian events this week and next are just small co-sanctioned affairs with the Euro Tour. And the Challenge Tour, half a million euro prize funds. So they're small, they're, they're the lowest tier effectively of the European Tour. Um, nevertheless, we've got some um, some players who have decided to come and play this week, who you may have heard of. Joost Louten heads the field at 13-2. to Thomas Detry 8 to 1, Adrian Alts 18 to 1, Nicholas Coles 22 to 1, Connor Syme 25, Renato Paratori 25 to 1, 30 to 1 bar those players. So you've effectively got a field that's half Euro tour eligible players and half challenge tour eligible players to uh, give both sides of the tour a chance to get some competitive action. Um the Austrian Open, as it stands, has been around since um, 2006, I think it was, when it was on the uh, the European Tour the first time round. More recently, you'd have seen um, the S Open and, more latterly in 2018, the Shot Clock Masters. Both of those events, the S and the Shot Clock Masters, since 2010, have been held here on this track mm. at the Diamond Country Club, which is just outside Vienna in Austria. Um, so, if you're looking at the stats this week, and we've published stats going back to the start of the Austrian Open, and um, bear in mind that for this particular track, it's 2010 onwards. But plenty to work with, um, which we don't always get on these small and particularly kind of hastily organised events as that we've seen this week. Um, the track itself, Atzenberg, um, near Vienna, as I said, 7,458 past 72. Lots of water, in fact, water's in play on 13 of the holes, but it is relatively flat, relatively exposed. Um, A couple of the par threes are to island greens as well, so water is one of those um, big factors this week. Premium, and we mentioned this last week on the pod, the premium is on high greens regulation. And hitting greens here is far, far easier from the fairway. Scrambling's tough, and the greens themselves are very, very good quality power They're quite slow 10, 10.5 10 on the stimp, but they do offer a little bit of respite for the worse or the, the less adept putters. That's probably a more polite way of saying it on the, um, on the European tour. So if you're good from tee to green here, hit a lot of greens, um, can avoid scrambling and, and give yourself some chances, then you may well make some birdies. And I think typically you're looking kind of mid-teens. 13 14, all well, about 16 17 under par is usually good enough to get the job done at Diamond Country Club. Going back um, to 2010, the winners here uh, 2010 was Jose Manuel Lara 66 to 1, 2011, Kenny Ferry 55 to 1, Bernd Wiesberger and Joost Lauten won the next two both at 25 to 1. Then you've got a longer price, Mike, Michael Lundberg 250 to 1. Chris Wood 12 to 1, Ashton Wu in 2016 was 160 to 1, Dylan Fratelli at 40 to 1 and in 2018 at the shot clock was Miko Cahonan at 28 to 1. And actually look at that list, over the years I picked both Cahonan and Loughton here for their respective wins so... Um, I do. It's one of these tracks that I feel I've got quite a um, quite a decent uh, feel as to how it's going to play and the kind of player that's going to going to go well. So fingers crossed, we could have a strong week this week. Going through those players and trying to pick any other correlation is tough. And um, some of them were in form, some were out of form. Some had some positive course form here. Lauton did, uh, Wiesberger did, Cohonen did. Some of them are coming here with no course form or were playing for the first time. So um, if you're looking at the stats, there's a real mix and match in that respect. For me, though, it's more about the way and the style of your play. You're going to need to hit minimum 75, probably closer to 80% greens in regulation. You're going to have to avoid bogeys when you do miss. And um, you're going to need to take advantage of the full par fives. Um, but you can here get away with putting at the kind of low 1.7s if you're looking at um, putting average. So it's not going to be a putting contest. You're just going to need to give yourself lots of chances. And I've noted before, a final point I'll make before I tell you the four players that I've backed. I've noted before my correlation between this track and the one used for the KLM Open between 2016 and 2018, which is the Dutch because okay. you've got players of the likes of Josh Loughton's one there, Ashton Wu's one there, and Bernd Wiesberger and Chris Wood have both come close as well. And those names, or four of those names of players, that have won here at Diamond Country Club. Right. So there is a strong correlation. The downside this week is because we've got this mixed uh, field and low-quality field, effectively, yeah. that isn't a great deal of correlation you can actually pluck out, because a lot of the players won't have played the other yeah. That other track the only players you can really um get some feel for that kind of correlation would be the likes of loudson and um, thomas Detry as well he's played well there um so it would have ordinarily been a nice strong link but doesn't mean that you shouldn't look at that if you if you want to pluck something out that i may have missed go back and have a look at the klm open from 2016 to 2018 and see what you think the dilemma here as ever and the same that you um needed to kind of overcome four weeks ago steve was this um aspect of how players play after not having um played for four months or three months as it was on the pga tour yeah are they gonna are they gonna pick their form up as um as they were playing before the um break or is it gonna be um, a complete rewrite of the form book we shall see i've gone for four players anyway I've got a I have got I can not I can't take Joost Lauton at 13 to 2 and I can't take Thomas Dentry at 8-1. If Detry had been a bit longer, I may well have been interested, but single figure prices about those two players who um aren't the most prolific by any stretch. I, it just doesn't feel comfortable to me. Um I've gone back and I've had a look at the players that have done well here in the past. And if you look at Mikko Honan, the last winner here from the shot clock masters. He'd finished runner-up on his previous start at Diamond Country Club, and if you take that logic forward, Connor Syme, who was second to Cahone back in twenty eighteen, um, is a great shout in my view. Twenty-five to one. He was second here, as I say, in twenty eighteen. Um, that year, it wasn't quite enough to save his card, but he bounced back um, to the European Tour by winning in Turkey on the Challenge Tour the following year. Finished fourteenth overall on the um, Order of Merit and got his card back. And he's started this season well. Eleventh for the. Dunhill or Alfred Dunhill at Leopard Creek, ninth in Mauritius, 10th in Oman. And if you go back and look at all of his performances since the start of that Leopard Creek um, effort, 76.6% Greens in regulations, 71.5% of fairways. He's hitting fairways, he's hitting greens. He suits this track down to the ground, in my view. Um he won the second trackman invitational that they played, so these trackman invitationals in, during lockdown, so oh. he's kept his hand in to some degree. He's so keen to be playing this week um, that he's decided to drive over um, just for this week. He's not even hanging around for the second part of the Austrian Swing. He just wants to come over, just wants to play this track. He's obviously got strong feelings and memories about how this particular course layout plays. He played here, as I say, a couple of years ago, but he also played here as an amateur uh, as part of the Scottish team. So um, I'm quite happy to lead my team with Connor Syme this week at 25 to 1. Backed up by Lorenzo Galli at 30-1. to 1. And again, if you look at Daniel Berger, we talked about um, the incoming form from the PGA Tour players. Berger was one of the most um, consistent players before the break for COVID on the PGA Tour. Galli is similar here. He was 10th and 12th in his final two starts in Oman and Qatar before... Um, before the break and Tita Green it's exactly where his game is and 79% 75% 79% last two last three greens and regulation performances before lockdown uh, four starts here over the years 10th in 2013 23rd in 2018 and he played very nicely from Tita Green both times uh, he's getting closer and closer to the win galley he's um, he's won three times on the Alps tour and once on the challenge tour um, he came closest yet when losing out in that five man playoff last year at Cran Saucier, which uh, Sebastian Soderberg won. Oh, um, and remember. You remember that, yeah? I, I mean, remember. it's uh, Rory McIlroy was playing. Rory He's was in, in there, wasn't he? Yeah. Roy, was in the playoff as well. So, kind of rubbing shoulders at that level um, is going to give him a lot of confidence. You take the disappointment, but you move forward, don't you? Um, A couple of Frenchmen to complete my team this week. Two promising young Frenchmen, in fact. Antoine Rosner is the first. Um, And again, he's another one for me. He's got the right type of game to excel around these parts. Um, He nearly got his rookie season off to a fly this year. He was seventh at halfway at Leopard Creek. He made the playoff the week after in Mauritius. And again, you may remember that was a three-man playoff. Down to two eventually. Hogarth against uh, Rosner. And Hogarth made an eagle on the third uh, playoff holder to beat him so that's how close he's come to breaking his duck already and i think there's much more to come with rosner i'm tempting them on before the break hit over 80 percent of greens in regulation and he won a couple of events back to back last year on the challenge tour so it's clearly comfortable with this kind of level or potentially slightly about 50 to 1 rosner i thought was a cracking price this week And finally, um, another another Frenchman, Robin C O Siegrist. Get his name pronounced correctly, Robin C O Siegrist, eighty to one. Um, And a little bit more of a flyer on this one because statistically, um, Queensland and regulation is exactly what I'm looking for. And there have only been a few signs that he's going to be that kind of player. But um, the rest of his game looks very very um, packed with potential in my view. Um, I think he's one of these players that you can see breakthroughs sooner rather than later. Again, missed out on his card last year by a shot in the um, Challenge Tour rankings, but went to Q School, got his card that way, and showed some really positive signs with the starts that he's had. Eighth in Mauritius, third at the Vic Open. And if you look at the stats from those two, he was sixth and second for driving accuracy in those two events, fourth and ninth, fourth and ninth for scrambling, first and third for putting average, and led the field both times for putts per round. Some really eye-catching stats on his last start in Amman, or not the start in Amman 79.2% of Green's regulation. That's the kind of number I'm looking for. So combining that all together, 80 to 1 in this field with a player who's very um, very capable, I think, of breaking through. Um, I'm quite happy to take that and support him at the price on offer. So just a recap then quickly, Robin C.O. grist 80 to 1, Antoine Rosner 50 to 1. Lorenzo Galli at thirty to one, Connor Syme at twenty five to one. Now I know with the Austrian Open it's all been a bit of a rush because we didn't get prices until very late on last night. So mm. I'm not sure you guys have actually had chance to digest it fully yourselves, have you?
0: You haven't you haven't had any sleep, have you?
2: Not a great deal, Steve, no. <laughs> yeah, we can do that tonight, can't
0: we? It helps as a golf tipster to have some odds to actually price up around, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. It does, and we still haven't got a full house right now of no. uh, of bookies who priced up the Austria Open, but um, you know, needs must, and um, I think the prices that we've got there for those four players aren't going to be beaten. So, quite happy to take a punt at this point in time.
0: Just looking at your analysis of the Dutch, I saw I see a player there near the top of the du- a Dutch leaderboard called, is it Sebastian Hazel? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I take yeah.
0: it he's he's, he's 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 I take it he's Austrian, yes.
2: Well, it's one of these players that I would, again, you know, you get players that you look at and you think, well, um, do I want him for an outright bet or do I want him for a first round leader? He's one of the ones that you might want to stick up and think about for a first round leader. Starts quickly it's, and then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sebastian Heisley, I think you'd pronounce it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that when, when my analysis of, of the field and him, that's where I kind of plumped. My final conclusion was he's more likely to start fast than finish fast. But uh, we'll see. But yeah, it was a shame there weren't that many players who crossed over those two tracks because there is a strong link there. And certainly one to consider next time we go back to the Dutch if the players, or just looking at the players who play well this week for that next renewal, whenever that may be.
0: So you're expecting a similar quality of field next week, for the second Austrian tournament and then the field will get a lot better clearly for the Betfred British Masters the yeah, week after. Yeah,
2: ab- absolutely. Yeah. I've not seen a, a, a British Masters field yet but next week looks uh, looks good, like it's going to be similar to this and again the composition is the same it's going to be half and half from the Challenge and Tour the, and the European Tour. Uh, no TV coverage this week for the European Tour that I've found so far which is a shame but um, again needs must to get these um, these events back up and running so um we'll just have to play it by a leaderboard and, uh, and keep our fingers crossed.
0: If Fleetwood wants to play the WGC and the PGA Championship, he wouldn't be able to play the Betfred Masters, would he? Because he have the 14-day quarantine period when he hits well, America?
2: Yeah, it's been relaxed this side of the pond, hasn't it? But um, there are going to be challenges going into America. So, yeah. I don't know exactly what the ins and outs of it are because it's quite a, mm. kind of a moving feast, isn't it, as to what these quarantine arrangements are. But um, clearly, players are having to manage their diary and schedule to to make allowances for this kind of stuff. And there were a lot of changes to this field um, for, in Austria this week. It, it, between Thursday, when I did my initial analysis, and when I looked at it again on Sunday, there were twenty three or twenty four changes um, to the field wow. that I had originally looked at. So it's very very fluid. And I suspect the fluidity of the situation everywhere is going to be something we need to get used to over the next few weeks.
0: That kind of takes me as a segue into this workday charity open. It's a catchy, uh, it's a catchy tournament name, I thought. Um, to 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 kind of summarize, we're in a situation where the John Deere Classic would have been in this slot, and now in. In the old pre-COVID days, you'd have had the John Deere Classic and then, of course, the uh, Open Championship. Yep. But um, the John Deere Classic was cancelled, uh, I think, about six weeks ago, maybe five, on the basis that in Illinois, you can't have a gathering of more than 50 individuals. Clearly no good for a PGA Tour golf tournament. So the PGA Tour, and you've got to say, they've, they've come up with a a, a a very good plan here. They're going to play Muirfield Village twice. Now, we're used to the Memorial Tournament. It's one of the biggest tournaments in America each and every year, one of the biggest tournaments on the PGA Tour. Uh, it's Jack Nicklaus's tournament played on his own golf course in Columbus, Ohio. And what they're going to do is ba- effectively play two PGA Tour tournaments on the same golf course in two consecutive weeks. Now, I've... Unless I've been... I mean, I do suffer with memory problems, but I can't remember that happening since we started in 2009.
2: No, no,
0: no. Two golf tournaments on the same golf course in two consecutive weeks.
2: No, no. It's, just, it's got to be wearing tears at the track, isn't there, for starters. So it, just, it just doesn't tend to be something that's practical.
0: So you've got the Workday Charity Open, I think is going to be one of those unique one-off tournaments that never happens again. But Well played to Work work Day have clearly put lots of funding into it to actually fund the the tournament. First thing I wanted to do is try and get into the listeners where we're at in terms of the golfing season because the golfing season's all over the place now. So we've got the Work Day open this week, charity open. Next week, we've got the Memorial Tournament, which is a 120-man invitational tournament loaded. We would expect Tiger Woods to play in that. Macaroyal playing it. All of the big names will be in that field, as we discussed at the top of the pod. Week after that, we've then got the 3M Open, which is TPC Twin Cities. And then after that, we've got the WGC St. Jude Invitational down in Southwind in Memphis. And the week after that, we've got the first major, the PGA Championship, which is clearly going to be played in TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. So things are starting to get tasty We've got elite players that are desperately wanting to peak for the first major, which is in four weeks' time. So that, to me, is something that I put in the back of my brain. Elite players wanting to peak. Okay. Then the second thing I wanted to get my head around was how is this course going to play? Because clearly we've got eight rounds of golf over 11 days, professional high quality golf being played on this golf course. So I started looking into it. I was actually surprised. They've extended the golf course for this week. I thought it would be shorter, but it's extended. So they're using tee boxes that were clearly there all along, but haven't been used. So they've lengthened uh, one of the par threes, which is now going to play at 202 yards. Uh, It's the 8th. So from 185 yards that becomes two hundred and two yards. Oh, that's scary. you come from an eight iron to a seven iron. Woo. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And then the two par fives on the back nine have been extended. So they used to be five sixty-seven and the fifteenth was a gimme five twenty-nine reachable to all of the field, including, you know, even Jim Fury could reach that into. But they've added uh they've 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 turned the eleventh from five sixty-seven to five eighty-three. And They've changed the 15th from 529 yards to 560 yards. So, in my mind, that's making the par fives a little bit more difficult slightly than we would see at the Memorial tournament. And you've now got a scary 202 yard par three, the eighth. We're on top of some other par threes that are vicious as well. There's another 201, there's a 200 yard par three, the fourth, and a 201. Yard par three, the sixteenth. So the par threes this week are absolute biatches. tough, tough par threes. The other thing I've gleaned from you know just reading articles and, and you know just surfing the the interweb is that the organisers have said that the rough is going to be shorter for this week as opposed to next week. Although how you can then get rough to grow anyway, we won't go down that route. But also they are going to make the greens a lot. Um, more receptive so they try and get this up to 13 on the stimp if weather allows this week it's going to be running at 11 on the stimp so they're going to be watering those greens the sub air system won't be pumping out as much as it's used to and actually something i'm really keeping my eye on is the weather forecast and i'm looking at it right now there's a over 50 percent chance of thunderstorms this afternoon over in um, ohio and we've also got over 70, 70% chance of thunderstorms on Friday and another
1: 50-50 chance on Saturday. So this golf course could be playing quite soft. It's the PGA Tour cloud seeding with silver nitrate just to make sure the dartboard tour continues. <laughs> yeah. For this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be f- from a, from a fast perspective. When, when that last player walks off the
0: green... Barry on the, Sunday yeah, that someone's going to be sitting at the old control panel
1: sub air yeah, maximise it's yeah. just going to napalm the place to fry it and get it firm and fast it's going to be yeah. fascinating because we only get one glimpse of a golf course on a week um, a tournament week It'll be really interesting to watch how they change and adapt it from one week to the next, and, and what can actually happen, and and how tweakable it is. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. I mean, it does, it's saying here on um, on the BJJ website that the roof's going to be three and a half inches for the workday. So, I mean, okay. with a bit of rain and heat, that could be absolutely savage for the uh, the memorial. Juicy. One thing I noted from last year,
0: because I was on Cantley, who won. One of my notes said the, the the and I very very rarely note this on the PGA Tour for obvious reasons. But I, the 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 rough was so gnarly last year. If you were missing fairways, it was it was a struggle to get up and down. Um, so it tends to be four four and a half inches. So clearly they have cut it down. They like they they've left it sort of half an inch shorter than usual. It's Kentucky bluegrass and ryegrass. The yeah, green- they just won't cut it. They'll just let it grow. They'll just the let it grow out. There. Now, yeah. Uh, the greens are five thousand square feet on average. They feature bent grass mixed with Poana. We've seen a lot of that recently, haven't we? Across Detroit and the Travelers, it's just a. It's not an easy golf course. It's it's a Jack Nick. It's Jack Nicklaus's number one golf course, clearly, and you know he's an eighteen time. He's, yeah, he's eighteen time major winner, isn't he? So. Is it 18 or 14? I always get confused.
1: 18. You got it. Yeah. So, nobody on 14 anymore, Steve. Tiger's yeah. on 15.
2: Remember those numbers for your pub quiz.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, you, field, when you it's... get to the pub. Yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> yeah. we in it at the weekend, Barry. We were socially distancing, though, naturally. Um, the field is good. It's better than a John Deere classic would be. Um, there's, you know, there's 156 players. So you've got, you've got some, some of the, um, the grads, the rookies are in here. You've got your Sebastian Kaplan's, And I was just looking at some of the odds. You know, some of the odds low down are just incredible odds again. You know, we've got one shots, you know, the old ears like uh, Davis Love, Kevin Stadler, VJ Singh at one Bo Van Pelt. But you know, you've got some half decent players, you know, Bo Hogue he's a local lad. He's a, He's at six hundred to one this week. You've got you've got some massive, massive prices. And that is because at the top end of the market, we've got some big, big names. We've got Justin Thomas's favourite. And then we've got this group, this rump of players, fourteen to eighteen to one. That was the group that I really tried to get my head round. Who of those would I, if any, would I actually want to fancy this week? We've got Cantlay at fourteens. Clearly he's not the defending champion of this tournament, but he won the memorial at this uh golf course last year. We've got John Rahm at 14s. We've got Brooks Kepka at 14s. We've got Hideki Matsuama, a course winner, at 16s. And we've got Zander at 18s. That was a group that I had a, a very close look at statistically and just the, the way that their games play to try and see if I wanted to pick one of those at this tournament. And then after that, you've got the likes of Victor Hovland at 25-1. to 1, Same price as Justin Rose. Ricky Fowler at 30s. I did have a very close look at Ricky because he's got a great course history here. And there were signs last week in Detroit that his GIR numbers were a lot, lot better. I think that swing's starting to bed in. But it was the,
2: much improved. Wasn't he it was much week?
0: improved. He started quickly, didn't he? And then ended well. There was the, It was the two yeah. in the middle that let him down. But, I mean, there's, there's, there's green shoots there on Ricky Fowler. Yeah.
2: Compared to the performances prior to that, it was massive yeah. improvement.
0: But then, but then I see him at 30 to 1. It's like, in your own value perspective, if if I saw Ricky at 40s, I'd have snapped him up. But 30 to 1, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know someone else on this podcast, if he'd have been at a juicy price, would have been on him. That's Barry. <laughs> Uh, Morikara at 33s Reed at 35s then we've got Sung Jm, Im Kuchar Leishman at 40s Neiman 45s Spieth 45s and then we're out to the 50s Gary Woodland Hadwin at 55s and Fitzpatrick at 60s Wolf from last week 66s Jason Day at 70s with B- uh, Benny Ann Kevin Streelman who's got some good course form Scotty Scheffler Bubba Watson Cameron Champ so it's a good field it's a great field I don't mind it. I think it's an interesting tournament. In my mind, soft receptive greens, a slightly longer golf course, and there could be a threat of rain before and after the tournament. There hasn't been a lot of rain in the build-up, so I'm expecting the fairways to have some run on them if it doesn't rain. But clearly, if it absolutely hammers down today, you're going to get a soft golf course. And as we know... There's lots of players out there that can play very very well on soft receptive golf courses.
2: There's not much wind in the forecast either is there for the full uh,
0: No, it's going to be thirty to thirty three degrees Celsius again, humid and then there's a front moving through between Saturday and Sunday. It's a bit cooler on the Sunday, but we're, we're talking maximum of the weekend ten fifteen mile an hour breeze. nothing yeah. not even fifteen really um. If you just look at pre, I don't know. It's a dangerous game, this, but you know, I've kind of got a model here that seems to work because I've had the last two winners of this tournament: Deshambera eight at fifties, and Cantley last year at fifties. And one thing that I'm looking for here are people that are driving the golf ball very, very well when they arrive here. Because if you if you look at um, Cantlay, you look at Deshambo even william mcgurt who won the memorial back in 2016 they were all um bryson was eighth for strokes gained off the tee the week before cantley was 10th at the pga the outing before and mcgurt the last two tournaments he'd played he was a 300 to, a 200 to 1 winner of the memorial he'd he'd been top 7 for strokes gained off the tee and mcgurt isn't that long but clearly he was hitting it Straight. Yep. Um, so for me, I've really focused on guys that are absolutely crushing it off the tee right now. Hitting lots and lots of fairways and lots of greens. I've just kept it as simple as that. Now, in an ideal world, I'd have probably, and I said to you, Paul, start of last week, Victor Hovland, this is pretty much a perfect golf course for him. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But I just, I just can't touch him at 25 to 1.
2: It's getting mighty short. Isn't it's he? just
0: it, it. It's just base, You know the, the prices now are so based on strokes gain data. It's clear to see. But also yeah. they. But the you know the the layers know that if you put up Victor if you if they put Victor Ovland up at thirty threes or forty to one this week, I mean forty to one would be a far more realistic price for him. Even that feels short to a bloke who's only won once on the PJ tour. He would get smashed, and I'd have been tipping him up he would have been the first one on my list, but I just twenty-five to one. There's just no value in there for me. I mean, he's eighteen to one with some firms. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: That's the same price as Xander.
2: <laughs> and you look a little further down the likes of Patrick Reed, you know, even Mark Leishman who's been showing some some bits of form. Of course,
0: PGA Tour proven winners. Patrick, Patrick yeah, Reed's absolutely. won eight PGA Tour titles, including a Masters, and he's longer than Victor Hovland.
2: Yeah, ten it's points longer. Yeah, it's Madness.
0: What are your thoughts, Barry?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: How do you think the course will play? Do you th- are you are you kind of with me in
1: terms of my summary before you go into who you're backing? Uh, yeah, very much so. I think that's the case. Um, they can, I you just get the feeling that this week they might let the brakes off a little bit and then next week they will just dial it up and, and go for that real major feel. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, I've, I've decided to skip the top of the market and um, I kind of... You do, was that a deliberate thing or was there a player there that you would have backed if the price was right? It's kind of in my nature to skip the top of the market. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just find it so hard to pluck one from that like top six. Let's say you know Thomas Cantley, Ram, Kepka, Matsuyama, Shofley. Uh, You know, just the the few the few points in the difference doesn't make much uh, in my head um, because I wouldn't be going and putting a ten point win bet on any of uh, on on them. So look, uh, that doesn't mean I don't think they uh, don't all come with their merits and have good chances. Uh, I think Brooks is really starting to ramp up and uh, and could show very, very well this week. be yeah. interesting to see if that good putting that was shown by Matsuyama last week uh, translates into another week or if it was just a, an anomaly. Um, so difficult to tell with yeah. him. He's so up and down these days. And that that isn't just
0: like between tournaments. It's in tournaments. Mm. Now, he was on the cut line. He had to birdie the last to make the cut last week. And then next thing you know, he's he's tied fourth on the leaderboard following, you know, he shot something eight under on the Saturday. He's just all, he's up and down. There's no consistency with Hideki at the moment at all, is there?
1: No, no, no. So for me, that's a fade. Um, John Rahm just doesn't seem to have come back as cleanly uh, or, you know, playing as well as he was before the break. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure you'll figure it out but it just hasn't uh, come together quite yet and yeah jT um okay. he's that good he can just go and turn, you know come out and win any week so but yeah. like, I skip past all those guys um, and Xander as much as he's awesome and great and always seems to be in contention I'm just not I don't know if he wins enough for me to be punting at him at uh, you know in that 16 to 18 to one range mm. So that led me a little bit further down, and kind of. And you and you lumped on Victor Hovland at twenty fives, the value seeker. Pass. <laughs> I, yeah, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm clearly joking. I'd be, right? I'd be quick. I know, I'd be much quicker to put the money uh, on Ricky at thirties, and even that, I'm kind yeah, of yeah. a little bit reticent about because. Not... I
0: stared at him a long time, Ricky Fowler. No, but didn't.
2: Yeah, it's traded at forty on the exchange, Fowler. Yeah, so, I'm just not quite. He's
1: coming. He's coming along. I'm just not quite sure it's this week. And you, well, uh, and he I, doesn't.
0: And he doesn't. You haven't got win equity with him, have you? He doesn't win a lot of golf no, tournaments. No. that's
1: the that's the point of fact, isn't it? See, what I'm what I'd be curious to see is his price next week. I think he'll be a bit longer next week, and I think another week of getting his shit together might mm, lead to yeah. a better chance. So like, the like prob- thought. the problem is if he does post a top 15 or top 18, top 20 this week. That price won't drift out even with the field getting stronger next week so yeah that's that's a, I guess that's a consideration it's just something I have to watch so just a little step further down I decided to go with Justin Rose who has turned into a uh, the Justin Rose of pre Hanma days since he's uh, dumped them and gone back to Taylormade uh, or has he signed back with Taylormade or is he just doing his own bag? I thought he was just using his old club. Grant. Grant. Okay, yeah. so look it doesn't matter whether he's with them officially or not, those are those are what he's using. And mm-hmm. they've uh they give him a third, a fourteenth. Yes, he had a missed cut there a couple of weeks ago. Match that When little... I was on when I was on board, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well So how many times I mean Webb Simpson, it's all like Webb Simpson, eh? Yeah and then yeah. so yeah, I missed the cut with Rose. I could see him winning
1: with so you look, he him. has an absolutely stellar record around here. He's a win. Yeah. And he has and one, two, three, four top tens, a uh, thirteenth, and then two missed cuts. Those yeah. are his performances here. Uh, in he's played eight of the last ten years at Memorial. So, um, and I, I think that maybe a slightly softer golf course he he could just demolish it if the long game is in, in shape. So I decided to take him. And uh, I think I got him at twenty fives. Was it? Yeah, twenty twos actually. Okay, look, suck it up. Take it Twenty twenty two to one win is better than no uh, no odds at all. So yeah, next guy is a little bit more of a on a whim, but it's Ben An. Um, I'm a glutton for punishment, uh, <laughs> backing guys who are ropey with the putting. Um, as we all know, he's not so good. But slower putting, uh, slower greens kind of help the weaker putters a little bit, or they close that gap between the better putters and the weaker putters and he has openly said he loves Jack Nicklaus courses, plays well in them. His last four results here are 11th, 25th, 2nd, and 17th. Hasn't been amazing, admittedly, since the, you know, the, the last three tournaments he's played with uh, two two made cuts. So you know he's getting a few reps in and uh, see what happens this week. I mean, he's 66-1. to one,
0: so. A ball striker that can scramble.
1: It, it, it pulls
0: out elite players, doesn't it? And, and Ben Ann... The weakness with him is his putting, but you can't say the weakness with him is his scrambling because he's got a great scrambling game. So pure tea to green, and a tool, isn't he? He's an absolute weapon. So, uh, yeah, he fits this golf course like a hand in a glove. He really does.
2: Talking about his putting, have you guys seen the uh, the latest uh, Sam Harrop song about Ben? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I know. That, 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 that could be the motivation for him to go and Put a couple of extra hours of work in and look, let's see what happens. Um, Well,
0: Stroke's going putting 131st at Colonial, 151st. So I think it was 152 in the field. So he was second bottom at Heritage. Uh, He lost six. But then last week, uh, the last time out of the Travellers, he was mid-pack 63rd. So the the putter was warming at the Travellers.
1: I mean, if he he
0: putted similar to that this week, he's not going to be a million miles away.
1: No, no. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm happy with that. I have a, yeah. you know, a couple of uh, couple of others, but I'm going to defer over to, to you guys to get a couple of picks in.
0: Well, yeah, we, we need to crack on. Let me let me just jump into some of mine, because I do witter on mine. I, 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 I've gone for a big price, 125 to one. Oh, sorry, 150 to one. Seven places each way with Betfred on a 50-odds to place. If it does rain, a lot of ifs here, but this is Troy Merritt. <laughs> um... Two-time winner on the PGA Tour. Last week, second for driving accuracy, 12th for total driving, 13th for greens in red, 9th for ball striking Paul Troy Merritt. It's like, mm. does not compute. Uh, he was also first for all round in Detroit. Um, he's never backed up a top 10 with another, but then the amount of times that I've said to myself, oh, I can't put him up because he's never backed up a top 10 and then the guy comes and finishes first or third. Yeah, yeah. You can't really do that. But Merritt, if it's soft this week, there's one thing you know about Merritt. He's past 72 positive. He's also always comes to the party when there's bent grass in the mix of greens. He was seventh for strokes gain off the tee last week, so he's hitting it nicely off the tee, and seventh for strokes gain putting. And last year, the first two rounds here were very wet. Nine under 135 strokes was the joint leading total. At this, at the memorial last year, here, Martin Keimer, KH Lee, and one Troy Merritt were joint leaders going into the weekend. So I thought, ah, roll the dice, maybe Merritt can pull two together. He's way down in the FedEx Cup, so um, if the scoring's going to be lower here uh, and he can keep the momentum going from last week, I think Merritt's a decent shout. I've then gone for Joel Damon. He will be popping in many a model, Joel Damon, and quite rightly so, because T to green, he is elite. 21st for strokes gained off the tee, 13th for strokes gained on approach, 13th for strokes gained T to green so far this year on the PGA Tour. There's not a lot not to like here. And I always call this the cathedral of ball striking. Damon is pretty perfect for this. Um, He's from um, Washington State, he went to the University of Washington in Seattle. So any kind of golf course with bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass and Poana in it will not be an issue to him. And actually, second last year at Quail Hollow, big classical golf course, Par 72. And before the uh, the break, he was in the top five, both at Bay Hill and Riviera Country Club. Both in, you know, both big, big tournaments uh, the invitational status with the Riviera Country Club, that was Tigers' tournament. So he can mix it at high levels. And I thought 80 to 1? If you actually look at Joel Damon and you look at someone like a Victor Hovland, their games are very, very compa- comparable. Hovland might hit it a little bit longer, but Damon is arrow straight, a green, Greens in regulation monster, and he's a slightly better putter. So I thought 80 to 1 on Damon was a very good price. So those are my first two. Do you want? Do you want to chime in? I, I, I'll instantly say, listeners, you will know that Paul will have gone for Matt every first round leader this week. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just an automatic, isn't it, Paul? I
2: think I think you can take it as given that when Matt is in the field, I'll back him first round. three hundred and fifty to 1st <laughs> round leader.
0: That is t- that's tempting, isn't it, Barry? Three hundred and fifty to
1: one. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, his headline form doesn't look good with a string of miscuts, but that's not the game here, Matt, it matters. Um if in terms of outrights, I've only backed two, both of them three-figure prices. Um, first one's Brendan Steele, yeah. one hundred and twenty-five to one. And
0: I stared gets. him, I stared him down, Paul. Yeah,
2: there's yeah. a, a, a lot to like with Steele. I mean, he's been very problem. hit and miss, hasn't he? Yeah,
0: it's,
2: it's been there's been a lot of miscuts, but there's been um, some decent performance He lost the player for the Sony, didn't he? Um, Fourth at the Honda. Um, Where did that get another? From? The Sony. Yeah, oh, exactly.
0: Um, and this is the point. He's a West Coast guy, isn't he? Loves Poana. His yeah. wins have been on Poana Greens.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah um, I'd have thought World his World.
0: record here would have been better. Cause yeah, it's you... total driving. I think that's his,
2: keeping his keeping his price at a, at a backable level. But mm. but yeah, as you say, two wins on Ben Pyatt at Silverado. Um, he did lead here, actually, at Muirfield Village back in 2016 into the weekend and then drifted away. And other than that, there aren't a great deal of um, really strong performances. But I think if you go around the edges of all of that, um, and you say, you, you look at his playoff to at the Sony, fourth at the Honda, which is another Nicholas track, sixth at the Travellers. Um, second at the for putting average at the Sony. Third for putting average at Travelers. Um, second for greens in regulation at Honda. There's lots of aspects of his game that are really working, and those yeah. putting average stats for Brendan still really stick out to me because that's not his game. So yeah, I I'm quite happy to take a chance. I mean, it, looking at his results, it has been either a top six or a missed cut. It's feast or famine, difference. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but for for a three figure shot. I'm quite happy to take that on because if, if, if you're, you're loses, looking you for lose, someone
0: it. that can birdie par fours, yes, please, and someone that can hit the ball close, he's fifteenth for par four better a birdie or better this season, seventh for proximity to the hole. That's pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty potent mix, mate.
2: Yeah, and he yeah. likes
0: a soft golf course as well. If it did rain,
2: mm. plenty to like about. and yeah. um, The other one I have backed is Johnny Vegas at 150 to one. Now, his headlines form since the restart reads 60, 17th, 24th. So nothing massive, but clearly enough to get him um, into the upper echelons of the leaderboards at various points. If you dig into that, though, he shot 64 to open at Colonial. He shot 63 in round two at Heritage. And after a slow start at the Travellers, he shot 65, 67, 66 to finish 24th. Um, remember back with Johnny... Back in 2016 at the Canadian Open, he shot um, 60 the week before the barbersault, then won the Canadian Open. Um, he's that kind of player that like when he finds those low rounds, he can then start to get the confidence that pushes him on to a really strong finish. That Glen Abbey win at the Canadian Open was another Nicholas course, and yeah. clearly he went on to win that event a second time, didn't he? Yeah. So, again, another player with some Nicholas form to his name. Yeah. Fifth um, for greens and regulation at that. Traveller's start as well, which caught my eye because he did start particularly poorly and then and pulled it round during the course of the week. So hasn't got a great record here, and I think that's again the reason you're going to get 150 to one is that if you eyeball the um, raw course form for this, then it's not great. But as we've discussed for the last 20 minutes or so, this isn't a memorial. This is a different version yeah, of the memorial. It's true. a lighter version. It's 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 a Memorial
0: Light, Paul. It's Memorial it Light. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I'm quite happy to overlook some of that um, form yeah. that he's shown here and, uh, and see if he can do better on a, on a what should be an easier setup.
0: You so. said that about last year, Brendan Steele, or a couple of years ago. He, he hit the lead and he, he disappeared. But, you know, I think when a player of, of Steele's ilk hits the top of a leaderboard in a Memorial tournament, Jack Nicholas, Packfield huge tournament they start to they might not wane in the workday charity open and 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 those top there'll be a number of the top seven eight in the betting that don't get anywhere in the mix it's not going to be you know a major championship fight between all the big names I it just won't happen
2: No,
0: we saw that at the travellers the other week yes Dustin Johnson won it but who was he actually in a head-to-head with from you know it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the top of the, it. wasn't the top of the betting market, was it? No, it was, no, it was you, Kevin Strelman, Will Gordon, and Mackenzie Hughes.
2: You're not having the the top six, seven places all consumed no. with those players sub twenty no. to one, are you? It's, Absolutely. It's not, it's not not panning out like that. So there is scope to pick up a uh, mm. a longer price player. I expect you've got a um, a three figure shot in there, Barry. Of it.
1: Um. Yeah. Kind of, I I kind of followed the. Uh, couple of steve's thoughts like so merit there. yeah i know i know but like eventually you know broken clocks right twice a day steve so you might be right twice a year you never know yeah, um, true. i don't don't ask why but just watching jason day over the last couple of weeks things seem to slowly start to be coming back together um Putting still nowhere near where it can be for him, but just green shoots of things coming together. Um, I know his record around here is absolutely woeful. Uh, his best result is a fifteenth, um, but I was able to boost him to seventy-five to one. So I just mm. thought I'd throw a few quid on it just to uh, just to scratch the itch inside my head, you know, because the seed was planted and I just couldn't get rid of it. So. This was the way to, to deal with that. Um, It could be complete and utter hogwash. Uh, but, we should say. Yeah, it was, you, you know, those ones that you're like, oh, you, you only get those weird feelings inside and uh, I had to just get rid of it. So that, <laughs> that's that. Um, the I, I've decided to put a first round leader bet on Dylan Fratelli. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I like Fratelli, yeah. Yeah. Bull
0: ball striker likes a soft golf course, went crazy low at the John Deere Classic to win it last year. Yeah, I can tell yeah. that.
1: And he'll be he'll be kinda of raring to go, I think. Um after the 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 scare. The Covid scare. So look, uh yeah, he was I got him on a hundred to one seven places with Boyle sports. So I take the maximum places there could have had him at one ten elsewhere. Um but yeah it's took seven places and yeah Matt every at 351 i'm not going to resist uh throwing a coin at that you know just because i need to be able to share in paul's celebration when it happens I can, you know not to steal his thunder but just so we can both might, lord yeah just so we can both gang up on steve and give him shit yeah well i, I might i might put
0: 50p on him just so, yeah. that, so I, I can join the gang right it's Memorial Light. I've gone for Bryson DeChambeau light. I've gone for Cameron Champ. Point each way 70 to 1 with Bet Fred. Just love his numbers right now. Across my eight week skill set track as he ranks second in this field for Greens in reg. Thank you. Seventeenth for strokes gained off the tee. ninth for Strokes gained on approach second for strokes gained tee to green, and second for strokes gained total. As I keep saying on this podcast, that is strokes gained current form, effectively. Last eight tournaments, he's second in this field. I'm finding him at 70-1. to And actually, if you look at him since the PGA Tour resumed, so the last four weeks, he's first for strokes gained off the tee, second for strokes gained tee to green, 16th for strokes gained putting, thank you very much, and third for strokes gained total. What is there not to like? There
2: is a lot to like about Champ, I must say. He also, won, me
0: yeah, he also won at Silverado this season on a par 72. That Silverado test, classical, tree-lined, featured bent grass, Poana, Greens in California. And he's a California boy from Sacramento. And I'm, I read a quote from Bryson DeChambeau. He's from Fresno, I think. And he said, oh, for us guys that grew up in California, this golf course over here and golf courses in Ohio... Because he'd also won in Ohio on the Corn Ferry. He said, the grasses are exactly the same that we grew up on. The so Cameron Champ makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I've been really boring and just backed up Adam Hadwin at a point each way at 50-1 with William Hill on the eight places. Hadwin, he scored for me last week 66-1. He did nothing wrong. He just is metronomic right now. Fairways greens. And if he keeps that up this week, this isn't a golf course that is traditionally overpowered. It's basically a ball striking golf course where if you hit, it doesn't matter that your length. I mean, a William McGirt isn't a long player. Uh, David Lingmouth won round here and he's as short as short can be. But if you're you are you know just metronomically hitting fairway, hitting green, you're going to be you can get right in the mix here. And Hadwin's game, it's top top notch right now. And finally, at the top, you know we were talking about separating the 14s, the 16s, and the 18s. It was quite easy for me. I just. I, Brooks Kepka at the Heritage reminded me very much of Dustin Johnson at the Heritage and John Doc Johnson went on to win the Travelers the week after. I'm thinking that Brooks Kepka can do the same this week. His his numbers there were outstanding and the the thing with Kepka is and you look at Kepka when he goes and wins majors and wins big tournaments the week before he's absolutely smashed it off the tee and hit a lot of fairways whilst doing it and that's exactly what he did at the RBC Heritage. I think he was first for strokes gained off the tee. DJ was number two for strokes gained mm. off the tee. I just think, I think he'll be- he's going to be hungry. He mentioned at the end at the RBC Heritage how he hadn't been in the mix since August and he said that he hadn't felt anything on the golf course, no excitement, no adrenaline, that that Sunday afternoon, back yeah, nine yeah. feeling. And he said he loved it and he just wants to get more of it. I don't think he'll be using this as a warm-up for next week. I think he just wants to be playing the best golf that he can and if it's this week he'll play the workday charity open just as focused as he will the memorial next week
2: perhaps that perhaps that's an important kind of mentality shift for him because you know we've talked a lot about him focusing just on the majors but if he's starting to notice himself that he's you know, he's he's not getting the enjoyment or the exhilaration out of playing and this is, competing. This contenders. is the quote.
0: He sat everyone down in his team a few weeks ago, and, you know Pete Cow and Claude and everyone, and basically said, "I've had, a, you know, we've got to go back to what we used to do." This is summarising his quote. And then he said, "It's nice to be back doing the things that we used to do." taking the handcuffs off. It just felt nice this week to feel something again on the back nine. August was the last time I probably ever felt anything, so just feels good to be back in the mix, was his quote. Mm. I don't think there'll be any issues with COVID. Ricky should be back on the bag, I presume. I think he he, he, uh, he tested positive on the Tuesday, so I expect he'll be back today caddying for Brooks. Um, in the, it's difficult, isn't it, to know, but... I just think Kepka of the top, I think he's probably the hungriest. Person. Yeah, see the logic.
2: Can see the logic, definitely.
0: Right, we're well, we're just about there, aren't we? We've done it in an hour and ten, which is pretty much what we usually do to podcasting. So we've we've packed in a lot of tips and two main tour tournaments. It's gonna to be a good week of golf, I know that much. I wish you
2: gentlemen
1: luck with your bets.
2: Yeah, best of luck to
1: our guys. Yeah, good luck to all the listeners as well. Hopefully you see some uh, some very Green, uh, green lip bat, bat slips. Absolutely. They're always good to see, good aren't source. they? Yeah.
0: Indeed, yeah. It gives, good luck it to u- gives us hope. <laughs> <laughs> Go absolutely. Um, so yeah, good luck to all the listeners and uh, we'll be back next week as per usual with the Golf Betting System podcast. If you could leave us a review, that would be absolutely fantastic. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye.